I'm sick. And I'm not. And this is the Filmtastic Voyage. Hey everyone, it's the Filmtastic, <laughs> Filmtastic Voyage. I'm Alex. And I'm Mike. And uh, I'm not, I don't have a cold, don't worry about it. If I sound different, it's because of your fault. Anyways, uh, <laughs> with me is my drift compatible buddy, Mike. Uh, Mike, how you doing? Drift compatible, that's quite a compliment. Yeah, a couple of, couple of Jaeger pilots over here. I didn't realize that we were that close. Drift compatible, that's like... Uh, uh, well, in that new movie, everyone's drift compatible. That's, so. uh, that's true. Yeah, they really fucking just... Stabbed that movie in the heart, didn't they? Just stabbed mm. it right in the heart. But hey, we already talked about that, mm. didn't we? It's my new pastime, actually, is thinking of fun Jaeger names. Because we already got Bingo Fantastic, right? And then I was thinking another good name would be uh, Complicated Pants. It's a pretty <laughs> good name for a Jaeger. All right. Um, um, really, it's got to smash two words together, and there you go. Reminiscing Seinfeld? Yeah, that's a great that's one. The, that, those pilots are always talking to the other pilots about Seinfeld references. It, that's good, yeah. <laughs> that's a great a great one. Everyone, why don't you write in your favorite new made-up Jaeger names? Yeah. And also, you can uh, you can delete that movie from, from cinema history, I think. it's. Uh, I, I think I, I, I probably don't need to watch that movie ever again. But what, what kind of a warning will it be? How will people, if, if you delete it from history, people won't remember. I get the feeling, even if you don't delete it from history, there's still going to be the same mistake made later on somewhere in history with, with some sequel out there. But yeah, well, we'll see. Who knows? Right? Who knows? Alex, you have a good weekend? No. I was sick. Oh, yeah. That's true. Well, I had, I had a pretty good weekend. Great. Why don't you brag about it? Good weekend. Good weekend. But that's not what we're talking about. Uh, hey, everybody. This is the Filmtastic Voyage. We're here to talk about movies, films, uh, cinema, cinemas, moving pictures, mm-hmm. um, uh, zoetropes, maybe. Yeah, if we're going by that far back. Yeah. Um, Nickelodeons, perhaps? Uh, Nickelodeons. Yeah, that's right. For anybody who doesn't know, Nickelodeon was actually a term used for a uh, uh, a machine, I guess, mm-hmm. where you throw in a nickel and you get yourself a little movie. Yep. Uh, but nowadays it's known as, hey, one of Cable's most endeared, charming, endearing... Uh, cable networks. I used to work there. Owned by Viacom. Yes, Alex fun. Keller. Anyways, um, so let's just start. It's just uh, you know, let's uh, clear the air, get the elephant out of the room. Sure. Get, out of, get out of this room, elephant. Get the elephant out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You see that new Han Solo trailer? Oh yes, the Solo trailer. Oceans the planet of solos. It was fine. I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I thought the first trailer was was a, a little bit better. What do you think? Yeah, first trailer is better. I the problem with the Star Wars spinoffs is that well, first of all, the Solo movie. I don't. Well, I don't really care about the Han Solo movie like most people. Uh-huh. And um, 
the Star Wars spinoffs never really jazz me up as much as the mainline movies. So I'm already at it like a it's like it's just like a oh, that looks fun I'll see it you know uh-huh. kind of way. Um, but that being said, that looks fun I'll see it. Yeah, I think um, I think this new trailer didn't really give us anything that the other trailer did not give us. And um, so it's whatever you know I'm fine I, you know I'm good with it I'm fine with it it's fine. You got all your your, your pals you got your Chewbaccas I, and your, your Landos. Well, okay, a couple things I did like. Mm-hmm. I liked the line where uh, Han Solo was like, you're 190 years old, Chewbacca? Yeah, you're looking pretty good for 190. Mm-hmm. That was nice. I like the part where Han Solo was like, I got a really good feeling about this. I mm-hmm. was like, ha! Cut. I get it. But they put it in the trailer, though. I'm spoiled. Uh, I don't know, man. I, nah, I, it's fine. I'm kidding. It, it made me chuckle. It made me giggle. So I like that part where Chewbacca fell off that train and became the Winter Wookiee. <laughs> what if they straight up killed Chewbacca in this movie and didn't explain it? That would be pretty amazing, honestly. <laughs> and everybody's left saying, wait, what? <laughs> they did that with Xavier. I don't know if you remember that. But in X-Men 3. Yeah. Died in X-Men 3, woke up in someone else's body, and then... Came Fast back. forward to Wolverine 2013, and he's just magically back. Yep, yeah, well, don't worry about it. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, that looks fun. I'll see it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not much to say, I guess. You know, it just uh, looks like a like a, like a good movie, like a fun time movie. I mean, it might not be a good movie. I hope it is, though. I think so. I um, hope it's the opposite of The Last Jedi in that The Last Jedi, everyone was like, oh, my... God damn it. Oh my, oh my god, The Last Jedi is going to be the best Star Wars movie, just you wait and see, and like, you know, now it's very divisive, so I have, I would like to see the Han Solo movie be like, oh man, what a piece of shit, who cares about Han Solo, be the best new Star Wars movie? That would be pretty fun. Well, you know, it all comes back to this episode 8 conversation. Uh, I didn't really have much in the way of hopes for episode 8, I'll be quite honest. Yeah, same. I thought the trailer was just okay, and then it ended up being one of my favorite Star Wars movies. But that's just me and a few others. Um, yep. So, Alex, I saw one great movie. Oh. I'm talking about since uh, our last our last uh, episode. Uh-huh. I've seen one great movie and a few few stinkers. Okay. Um, so, I'll, I'll just go through... Uh, the great one. Oh, by the way, everyone, real quick. Yeah. End, end of the episode, Ready Player One discussion. Oh yeah. So put a little pin in that because <laughs> we're not be doing we're not doing no no mini soda on it because it's probably not that much to discuss, but enough that hey, you might want to stick around. And if you don't want to hear spoilers, then don't stick around. Then we'll tell you when you can leave. And that's right. But uh, yeah, we both we both did see Ready Player One together. Saw that together, uh, and so much to say, but we're going to hold off because uh-huh. it's a spicy review. I'm not going to lie. We're not. We're not going to do a. Uh, we're not going to do a mini soda on it because we're thinking it's spicy, but not spicy enough. We for like got forty like, minutes. Yeah, we probably don't have that much. I, I doubt yeah. we'd be able to get more than fifteen or twenty, but we'll see. Yeah, um, Alex, I saw mm-hmm. for the first time mm. ever, mm-hmm. Psycho. Oh, finally. Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. That was your number one haven't seen movie or something, right? At at one point, yeah. Well, how was it? 
Uh, great. Was this your great movie? It was. It was a great movie. Capital G, great movie. Um, what are your thoughts on Psycho? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great a lot of great stuff in there. It's uh, it's a bold, inventive horror movie. It's not my favorite Hitchcock movie or favorite horror movie, but it's a good, good, good part of both of those things. Um, it's probably my the top half of the Hitchcock movies I've seen. Mm, well, maybe like in the middle. It's better than the birds. <laughs> I haven't seen the birds. Um, what is your favorite Hitchcock movie? I think Rear Window. Yeah, me too. Rear Window is really good. To Catch a Thief is really good. Um, Vertigo is good, but very thick. Um, North by Northwest is fun. And, you know, all yeah, whatever. Right. I recently rented Spellbound. I haven't watched it yet, though, but I have it waiting for me. So Spellbound? Yeah. Haven't seen it. Yeah, it's another Hitchcock classic. Yeah. Now, um, yeah, I would agree Rear Window is probably... Uh, you know, it, it's... I don't know, it's, it's interesting because I would want to see if some of these movies that Hitchcock made were, like, the first of their kind. Because I don't think they are. But it would be interesting to see if they are like the whole because I thought Rear Window. What made that so great was just how, um, how clever of a plot device it was, mm-hmm. of just literally you're stacking all these characters in these little quadrants and you're just looking through binoculars, watching these different people do different things, you know. But it, it, I don't know if I, is that the first movie to do something like that? I doubt well, it. I don't know, but so it, it's all comes down to the execution and Hitchcock is maybe the greatest director who ever lived, so just right. in terms of his just mastery of how to tell a story through film. Now, even above like uh Kubrick and Well, it's a, it's a different thing cuz he was more of a thriller director, oh, you know, okay. so it's kind yeah. of different in that respect. It's hard to compare, but for his genre how do you eat that? Oh yeah, for his genre, definitely. Um, and then Psycho. Um, of course, you hear all this stuff about Psycho, and you pretty much know what the movie is before you see it. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, I know all the twists. And hey, everybody, plug your ears for a movie that's uh, seventy years old or whatever. Um, so it turns out uh, it's not seventy years old. It's like fifty. Fifty? I don't know. It came out in like nineteen sixty-two. Okay. My mom, like, I think it's when my mom was born. She's not 70. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the whole thing where um, uh, halfway through the movie, it basically, they switch it up, like, yeah. totally, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you're following this character, and you're really kind of, you're seeing the world through her eyes, and you're kind of following her doing these different things. And then uh, you know, long story short, she gets killed in the shower, and then, and then all of a sudden, it's like you're watching all these different characters trying to follow up with her murder, and like, I don't know. I mean, I guess the main character is uh, what's the guy's name? Is no- it Norman, Norman Bates? Norman Bates. Yeah. Um, or Anthony Perkins. Because he is like the connective tissue between everybody, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it, like he becomes the new main character. Right. Yeah. Now, what you should have done, you should have saw the back-to-back with uh, Gus Van Sant's Psycho and done, like, a little essay on it. I don't need to... I don't know. I don't need to see it. (laughs) Nah, I've seen clips, and it's like, well, this is the same movie, but worse. Well, wasn't Gus Van Sant's whole 
his whole thing with that was he wanted to make a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho to prove to people that you shouldn't fuck with a masterpiece. Wasn't that his whole thing? No, his thing was, uh, uh, I want to make this movie in color so kids will see it. Because kids aren't going to watch the old Psycho, but they'll watch my Psycho because it's in color. Was that? That's what really? I, that's what I read. Yeah. Uh, well, shame on him. I'm sure he didn't set out to make a bad movie. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't know, man. Have you? Yeah, there was Gus Van Sant's Last Days. I don't know if you've seen that. No, I have seen Milk. That's a good movie. I have not seen Milk. That's on my Netflix to watch list. It's kind of a movie where, like, past the year it came out, it has very little point. Like, it's one of those Oscar movies where it's like, well, look, it's an Oscar movie. It's coming. I'll go see it. Wow, what a good movie. But now that it's been... 10 years or whatever it's sort of like i don't really need to see this movie so like that yeah the wrestler which is the movie that came out the same year Mm -hmm. is far more worth seeing now milk is kind of an oscar bait kind of movie that you don't need to necessarily see but it's still good it's still a good movie well that's what i'm curious about when it comes to gus van sant because Mm -hmm. the only movies i've seen by him are um Last Days, which I did not like. Mm-hmm. It's about Kurt Cobain's last days, but the way it was shot, he would do he would do this thing where it's like, hey, every shot that we have here, there's going to be all this dead space, like, for no reason. Like, there's a there's a shot, for example, where Kurt Cobain's character, I think his name was changed to like Brett or something. Uh, Brett Cobain. Brett Cobain, yeah. <laughs> um. Brett Colbert, mm-hmm. uh, he runs past the screen. He's gone from point A to point B, and he swipes past the screen. And then it's literally you're watching this shot for another five minutes with nothing happening. No one's in the shot. Nothing's happening. There's no dialogue? You're just, no. You're just watching this shot for another five minutes. I I watched it with my brother on our, you know, what... It was probably a VHS back then. I don't know. But we would be watching this, right? And we got so impatient probably halfway through the movie that we just started fast-forwarding until the shot would change to the next shot. Heartsy. It was uh, it was strange, man. And then he did uh, Goodwill Hunting, which I thought um, was a lot like what how you describe Milk, where I think it's like a very time and... It's like a very like, oh, this is mid nineties and this was great for this year in the nineties and then now we're kinda Yeah, it doesn't have as much impact. Every I watched it for the first time like last year, two years ago. It doesn't have as much impact as I feel like it would have at the time. Especially you know, now that everyone like, you know, uh Matt Damon's got such a body of work and all that kind of stuff. But I can see it being a thing at when it when it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, okay, I have his list of movies that he's made here. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot, but I'll just name a few. Uh, Drugstore Cowboy, haven't ne- seen that. Never saw it. Paranoid Park, haven't even heard of that. Uh, My Own Private Idaho. Oh, that's the one with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Elef- Elephant. That's about a school shooting. Really? I think so. Huh. That's weird that these are like his his known for movies because I would imagine like there would have been other ones than that. Uh, well, maybe he's known for a lot of movies. Who knows? Yeah. 
Um. Anyways, oh, he did Finding Forrester too. Finding Nemo. <laughs> but yeah, I guess. Um, what was I even talking, talking about? about Hitchcock. Psycho. Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Uh, they ended up making four of those. Four Psychos? And yeah. a TV series. And a TV series. It had the little Spiderwick Chronicles kid in it. Yeah, a little, uh, little Willy Wonka and the Chocolate little, Factory kid. Little Spiderwick himself. Spider, last name, first name Spider, last name Wick. Spiderwick. Uh, that's a cool <laughs> name, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, Freddie Highmore. Now he's an autistic doctor. Oh, it's that show. Okay, that's the guy in that show. Okay. Yeah. Wow. It's. I like to think it's just the same character, just becoming strangely different throughout his his life. Oh, okay. So first he did Spider Chronicles. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Okay, first he did. I think Chocolate he found. Factory. I think he found Neverland. First. Oh, that's right. Whatever that and was. Then he did Chocolate Factory, and then he was a voice of some character. I think. I think he was Astro Boy. <laughs> it's always nice to see a child actor that doesn't end up all fucked up. That's always <laughs> Yeah, like Elijah Wood. Like Elijah Wood. Classic. He Elijah was Oliver Wood. Twist, now he's uh He was Oliver Twist? He was Oliver Twist. Oh wow. Yeah. And he was hanging out with uh Macaulay Culkin. Look at the difference between those two guys. One of them, you know, threw the ring in the in Mount Doom and the other one looks like Mount Doom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Macaulay Culkin actually seems like a really cool guy. He seems like he's okay now. I think he's. I. I feel like he's probably gone through some stuff. He seems like someone who's uh, uh, a bit weathered, a bit weathered. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he seems like he'd be all right to hang out with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alex, what about you? What uh, what, what kind of movies you been up to? Well, guess what? I finished the MCU rewatch. Da da do. It's my tri- my my triumphant fanfare. Nice. Uh, yeah, it's all done. Took me three months, but hey, got it. Got it all finished up. Saw all the movies. And what are your thoughts? So that's the last time I think it was in Guardians, right? Guardians two. Right. So Guardians two has, in my opinion. Higher highs and lower lows in the first Guardians, but it can get ultimately about the same. Mm-hmm. In that, I think it f- has funnier jokes, but overall isn't as funny, and it has a better villain, but overall isn't as engaging. Mm-hmm. But it's got better visuals, but you know, but, but whatever. Uh, some things I noticed upon rewatch is that oh, I re- didn't remember, I kind of forgot how good looking the movie is. Uh huh. The movie's very pretty. It's got a lot of interesting effects. Uh, upon rewatch, I realized, not realized, but I was more attuned to how awful everyone is to Mantis. Well, specifically Drax, right? Yeah. But, but like, like Gamora. Well, the whole movie is like, oh, I feel so bad for her now. Right, yeah. That was funny the first time. And the second time was still kind of funny, but it's like, oh, poor Mantis. <laughs> and the. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> what'd you think of the whole? Now I, I want to know your take on this because I I sort of feel a certain way about this. Uh, with Guardians of the Galaxy two, I I really did. I agree with you. It had higher highs and lower lows, mm-hmm. and I think overall I probably enjoyed it more than the first one. I remember the first one. I I went into it thinking, okay, uh, this is great. 
Uh-huh. But there's some there. It's just I'm, I'm not in love with it, you know. And the second one, I thought, wow, that was really fucking good. Um, but one thing that I thought was a little strange was in the first movie, they don't really foreshadow uh, Yondu being a father figure. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not much. I think it works well enough. He's he's more of just like a, a, an adversary more than anything, you know, uh-huh. um, or a rival, I guess. Well, you know, you re- recontextualize stuff. I think it works. That's what sequels do. It's like, oh, Star Wars Episode Four didn't foreshadow Darth Vader being Luke's father enough. What is this bullshit? No, I, I no, I, I hundred percent agree with you. But I guess in the second movie, do you feel like it was earned that he was suddenly painted as this like mentor figure, this like? Yeah, he's, I think he's not featured enough in the first movie to really have much going on, you know? Right. And he clearly is shown enough to like actually like really care for Peter Quill. Like, at the end, he gets his little troll doll instead of the Infinity Stone. He's like, oh, Peter, you done pulled a fast one on me. Yeah, yeah. But there is that, that great line in the second movie where it's like, you know, he might be your father, but he ain't your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> then he dies. And then he dies. But you yeah, know, I, I I I enjoyed the movie a lot. The one thing, one thing I will say is that the taser face joke I find very not funny, and it goes on for way too long. It's a bit second grade, huh? Yeah. It's a it's a bit for the kids, I think. It's kind of funny, but it goes on for like three minutes, and they just repeated like twice. And like, come on, this is like we can do better than this. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I I think you're right in saying sort of like. Um, the the movie gets a little bit jokey. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my jokey is just uh, not funny. <laughs> well, yeah, and wh- I guess what I mean is like um, the joke. It has a lot of silly jokes. Mm-hmm. Very silly, kind of kit kit kitty. Maybe inorganic. The first movie had yeah. more organic humor, and the second one less so. Right. More jokes for jokes' sake. But then it gets, but then it gets weird because the movie is also kind of like pretty violent too. Where it's like, well, one minute you're watching um, all of Yondu's uh, loyals mm-hmm. being jettisoned off into space, and you're watching this whole string of these people dead. And then it cuts back to Taserface, and then they make a Taserface joke. Yeah, it's a little weird, isn't it? <laughs> There was a part during where Yondu with his arrow is taking back his ship, and there's like a part where someone gets like the arrow impaled in them in slow motion. And I felt that, like, for some reason, when we watching him, like, I found it really uneasy. It's like this part, I can see their soul leaving their body. <laughs> it's like really weird to watch someone get killed in slow motion in a, like, with their face on camera in a movie. It's like, ew. Yeah. Like off putting. <laughs> well, then there's even the part where Taserface at the very end of that sequence is like, I want to send a message to you, gold lady person, about this and that. And it's like a really serious moment. And then they have to make a taser face joke. And yeah. it's like, come on. Yeah. Stop. I like those gold people a lot. I figure what they're called, but they're pretty fun. Well, okay. That leaves me with another question. Because the last time I watched that, there was a post credit scene where um, they're like, oh, we have this secret weapon. Mm-hmm. And his name is Adam. Mm-hmm. Are they implying that it's Adam Warlock? Yeah, it's Adam Warlock, I think. Is they confirmed that? Okay, and I'm I'm guessing he's going to be in Infinity War because No, he'll be in the Guardians Volume 3, I'm sure. Really? Cuz he was a huge part of um 
Well, he was a huge part of Infinity Gauntlet, which Infinity War is based on. Yeah, well, so was, uh, you know, um, Hawkeye was a big part of Old Man Logan. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, and look what happened with that. Or, uh, you know, a bunch of Who Cares superheroes was a part of Civil War, and they're not even in that movie, you know. Right, like Cloak and Dagger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's too bad they uh, got rid of that scene where Cloak and... I think his name is just Cloak and Dagger's his partner or something. I well, forget. Hey, there's a TV show with them coming out. Uh, whatever. It's well, I don't know. I, uh, Boo. The trailer came out <laughs> last year, like a year ago last year, and it still hasn't come out. I don't know why they put the trailer out they, so soon. I'm listen, not... They need to put the brakes on their TV shows. I don't I'm know. Sorry. People like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. That got better. But then it got worse. Did it get worse? I've only heard that it gets better. Season three and four are actually really, really good. But season five, no? Season five, it's almost like they were like, hey guys, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. need to be in a certain spot for them to make sense in the MCU with the movie Infinity War coming out. So we need to have them do this weird thing in space. And it's literally a season where they're just sort of dicking around and not doing much. But... Mm. Whatever. Well, it's probably better than Inhumans. I didn't even bother. No, I no one did. Yeah. And that actor, the one, the lead actor today, I just saw, got cast in Star Trek Discovery. So clearly, he's fucked off. Is it uh, Bolton? Black Bolt. Oh, okay. Not Ramsey Bolton, although Bolt. Haha. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, is I know I keep asking this, but is there any? News on Disney Fox, that whole thing. Is there a court date or any of that? Like, is nope. any of that? Not for a while. Don't worry about Damn. it. Damn. Okay. Anyway, so Alex, continue. Sorry. About I t- what? Oh, Guardians. So yeah, Guardians are good. I would say I would watch Guardians two over Guardians one, but only slightly. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably say that too. Yeah, Spider Man Homecoming is slightly less good. Only very slightly less good. On rewatch? On rewatch, just because it's like longer than I would like. Oh. Or something. I don't know. I was a little unengaged by the end, but I wasn't not unengaged. It's a great movie, though. I really like it. It's my favorite Spider Man movie for sure. Same here, yeah. By a, you know, honestly, man, I'll, I'll say it by a mile. Oh, yeah. By a mile. Like, yeah. Yeah, no maybe. Contest. Uh, it definitely, I think it's actually funnier than Guardians 2. Mm hmm. I think it's really witty and fun and got the great best Spider-Man, best Spider-Man actor slash uh, like best Peter Parker and best Spider-Man both at the same time. It's got the best cast of characters, which the other Spider-Man movies are sorely lacking in is sort of a good supporting cast outside of like two people. Yeah. Yeah. I think this Aunt May is really the best Aunt May for sure. I agree. She feels like the most normal, like like a real human as opposed to sort of just like a put upon cardboard cutout. Well, and I think we've talked about this before, but okay, so she's his, she's his aunt, Mm -hmm. but she is probably in her like 70s or something. In like the first movie, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, damn, dude, how old, (laughs) like Peter Parker's parents must have been like magically 50 when they, when they decide to have him. It made more sense for Sally Field to be his aunt in those amazing movies, but those movies were not amazing. They were terrible. No. Yeah. Um, And now we're back. And I felt it really weird because I was like, wait a minute. So Venom is in this universe, but not? 
that's you know honestly if it it doesn't surprise me that there's there's probably some weird thing going on some weird uh, legal mumbo jumbo I don't know or maybe it's just Sony being like yeah we'll give you Spider-Man but that, that's 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 it well, I just remember thinking, I was talking to my girlfriend, like, oh, hey, that's Flash Thompson. He becomes the Venom at one point. He becomes like Agent Venom. Wait a minute, does that happen in this universe? Is Tom Hardy Eddie Brock in this universe? Wait a second. Right. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's like an Elseworld thing. I heard that Peter Parker's, like Tom Holland, I hear he's not even in the Venom movie. Oh, I would be surprised. I've heard the rumor that Venom doesn't appear until like the last 10 minutes, in which case I'm not going to see it. Wow. I hope that's not true. That... It's a rumor. I hear it's a rumor based on how sh- how shitty the trailer was. I, you know, it's all internet gossip, which I'm sure is not true at all. But if that is the case, fuck that movie. Yeah. But dude. hopefully it's not the case. Unfuck that movie. But I don't know. <laughs> all right. So, yeah. And, I mean, Michael Keaton's still one of the best. Oh, yeah. Uh... Definitely. He's got all sorts of dimension to him. I like how he's like, you know, I don't want to do this big job. I just want to do little jobs, stay under the radar. I don't want to kill anybody unless I do it by accident. Right. Yeah. He actually had a moral compass, you know, and, and that's, I think, what, you know, it's a good thing for villains to have, and it's what not enough villains in the MCU have is is like, okay, you can tell that this guy is just like, he has ethics, mm-hmm. but they're just not... Yeah, they're selfish ethics. I'll do whatever I need to do for my family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then on the opposite end of the villain spectrum, we got Thor Ragnarok with Hela, who is very boring and just, just, just boring. She arguably, um, though, better than Malakath. <laughs> who was that even? Thor two. Oh, so yeah. I can't even remember. That was uh, Eccleston. Yeah, that was, uh, and he was he recently came out in an interview shitting on the movie because he hates. I don't know why he 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 like he shits on everything. He feel like he hates acting or something. I feel like he does. He like hates being in things. For anybody who doesn't know, Eccleston also is not a fan of his his uh, stint on Doctor Who, and that's why he quit after the first. Well, season. he also he, I saw in the same interview he's like I gave them a hit TV show, and it's like he's like yeah, it's real real humble, real. Real humble of you. If he, if he, <laughs> he seems like he hates working on big blockbusters in movies, but he's like, yeah, I'll be in G.I. Joe. What, who gives a fuck? It's like, if you don't want to be in big blockbuster movies, why are you doing this? No one's going oh, yourself. Was he the villain in G.I. Joe? He was Destro in G.I. Joe. Oh, okay, I never and saw And then those. you see his eyes. It's not his eyes, but you see Destro's eyes in G.I. Joe too. And Cobra Commander's like, Destro, you're out of the band. And then it kills him or something. It's so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. That second movie is awful. Because also, I will say it once, I'll say it again. In the second G.I. Joe movie, everyone forgets they blow up all of London and nobody cares. <laughs> wow. I mean, I know the second G.I. Joe got delayed a bunch because they, I don't know. And then Bruce Willis was in <laughs> it's it. because people suddenly cared about Channing Tatum, but even though they only right. had like, maybe a scene. But then, like, Bruce Willis was in it, and then he was, what, supposedly the... He was G.I. Joe himself yeah, or some and shit? and I've never seen anybody in any movie give less of a fuck than <laughs> Bruce Willis and G.I. Joe 2. It was it was palpably uncaring. It was ridiculous. Now, do you feel like there are movies that Bruce Willis does care about? In the last few years, Looper and, and Moonrise Kingdom are the only two I can think of. Because I feel like if a movie actually is, like... 
more than just schlock. Yeah. It seems like he would care about it, right? Yeah. But if it's just like, hey, Bruce Willis, we need you to be in our action movie because we need a bankable actor, he's probably like, oh, whatever, just pay me a bunch. Yeah, which is basically all the movies. He's, he's another actor who's like, I hate being in all these action movies. And stop taking the roles. Yeah. Hey, he's got to pay that alimony. Is it, what? Really? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been he's married to Demi Moore, and didn't they have kids and all that? Uh, Sure. Yeah. Demi Moore, though, she's... What's she been in? She's, I don't know. Well, whatever. She's not married to Ashton Kutcher anymore? I don't know if they were ever married, were Weren't they? they? I thought they were. Um, but, you know, they're not together anymore. Um, sure, I don't know. Is it whatever. She, speaking of G.I. Joe, I mean, she was G.I. Jane. Oh, yeah, in a Ridley Scott movie. And in the movie Striptease. Uh, let's see. Recently, she just did Love, Sonia, where she plays a character named Selma. That's in post-production, but it comes out in 2018 sometime. And also in Empire. All right, well, she's been doing stuff. Okay, well, I'm sure she has been. Yeah. Um, anyways, she just needs her own like little Stranger Things. She's another 90s actress that needs a, <laughs> a Stranger Thing, you know? Yeah, it, it should be called uh, Weirder Stuff. Weirder Stuff. <laughs> Uh, it's told by the, it's told from the perspective of the Demogorgon. Ooh. Where they go into the upside, or... Uh, no, it would be, uh, like, normal stuff, wouldn't it be the opposite? Normal thing, or no, normal, normal stuff? stuff? Where yeah, they, they yeah. go, they, the weird world, they go to the normal world? They're like, whoa, guys, we found this, uh, this other world, why don't we go check it out? We're not gonna, like, cause any trouble, right? Let's just, like, check it out. Do you hear that they, uh, all the little kids in that, in that show are getting, like, huge bonuses? Well, as they should. Oh, yeah, exactly, but they're getting paid, like, I, the actor Eleven, especially, she's getting paid, like, a million and a half an episode or something. Wow. Or maybe something more, I forget. Maybe, maybe, maybe it was, oh maybe it's God. three million an episode. I don't know, it's quite a payday, good for her. Okay, because, I mean, you know, season one of that, they are probably paying some of those kids in, like, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, they probably paying them in pizza. No, they probably pay in at least normal guild guild wages. Yeah. I would love that, though, if they were just like, hey, kid, you want to be a star? You could be in this show, but, you know, we can't, we can't really pay you. So here's, like, <laughs> here's materials to make your own peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Here's a box of Legos, <laughs> unsorted, but, hey, why not? It's the TIE Fighter Legos, but it's like the mini one that you buy at, target before I have you, one of those before you check out at the i got one of those for christmas one year as a sort of like a little bag yeah i got like a little bag <laughs> my mom's i got this like two years ago or whenever the force awakens came out and they were like yeah here you like star wars here's a little bag i'm like i actually like this a lot so thank you <laughs> they're fun it's it's like a little thing you can you know yeah, I it's mean, on my desk at work oh nice or next to my desk because if it was on my desk i would touch it yeah i would keep playing with it like i would like pull it apart and stuff it's not you know you don't want to you don't want to. You don't want to fuck with Legos. Yeah, don't, don't break it. Um, but yeah, and then Thor Ragnarok. Hella, I didn't have a problem with, but I'd also argue she was. It's like in theory, like on paper, she was the main villain, uh-huh. but she really was not the main villain of the movie. She is, but like it's like the problem with Thor Ragnarok. I found is that I think Thor Ragnarok is the my least favorite Phase Three movie. Really, in that. It's when they're in the weird planet Sakaar. Sure. Um, I love everything about that. But when they cut back to her on Asgard, I'm like, let's just skip this. This is so boring. 
Well, they could have easily just bookended the movie instead of cutting back and forth. I, I honestly could. think all you really needed was Thor's trying to stop Hela from going to Asgard. Thor gets caught on this other planet, and then when he comes back, she's taken over. You don't need all the stuff where there's a mural underneath a, another mural and, like, you know, but whatever. Yeah, it, yeah. But how else would you explain where she got her own zombie army from? Eh, whatever. And also does a good job of explaining why there's an Infinity Gauntlet in the first door. Yeah. Phew. God damn it. Bless you. But that said, though, I mean, it's still the best Thor movie, and it's still... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's still a lot of fun. Jeff Goblin's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Like, everything on that planet I love. (laughs) Sakaar's just a fun place. Good colors and good music, and it's just silly. Mark Ruffalo's cameo is just adorable. He's like, it's not not a cameo. He's like, oh. Well, whatever. His his, uh, involvement in the movie. I wonder if the movie would be better had had they not shown the Hulk thing. What do you mean? Like, if you didn't know that the Hulk was the champion, they keep building up, oh, this champion, I just go, Hulk, Thor's got to fight this champion, and you didn't know it was Hulk the whole time? Do you think it would have been... You mean like if he wasn't in the trailer? Yeah. Oh. I had thought about that. But I also think they probably needed that to sell the movie. Yeah, I'm not saying they shouldn't have done that, because it clearly got butts and seats. Right. And even then, even before the trailer, they said this is going to be a Hulk-Thor movie. Right, yeah. But uh, I think it'd be kind of cool. So, like, it'd be, like, for kids 10 years from now, seeing these movies the first time, it'd be something pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Stucky kids, goddammit. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. It's very fun. But uh, it was a little little more boring in the non-Thor parts. Mm. The Asgard stuff was... De- yeah, it was... You know, the Asgard stuff is kind of like the casino planet of that movie no i like the casino planet more really it's at least the casino planet moves at least it's okay the problem with the casino planet is that they don't stay there enough they don't they don't do they don't explore it it's like yeah. uh they could have put like any kind of cardboard backdrop and it could have been any planet right i mean i stopped from a few pieces of dialogue and a great cut yeah i mean i guess i i, I guess in the same sense uh, the only thing i mean is like Something is like very much a B plot of a movie where you're just like, this is this is way totally a B plot right now yeah. that we're watching. But yeah. By the way, I watched that documentary on The Last Jedi with uh, about just the directing, like the, the behind the scenes. Oh. Very good, interesting look at the movie. Would recommend. Is that a part of the. So yeah, it's on the Blu ray. Oh, cool. Um, not as good as like a Lord of the Rings documentary, uh-huh. but still pretty good. Right on. It's weird. These new Star Wars movies, unlike Lord of the Rings documentaries, like make you want to make movies. Uh, I haven't really seen any documentaries that have that same kind of zest in them. Huh? You think a Star Wars movie would have a lot of you know? You try and really push that, but also because they only have like total three hours of bonus features, where the Lord of the Rings had like twenty, fifty bazillion, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's. Uh, I think it all really comes down to, uh, you know, a studio's investment in in making that kind of supplemental material. I think going into Lord of the Rings, they they knew it was going to be a big deal, mm-hmm. and they really they really wanted it to be a big deal. I mean, that Lord of the Rings was. Uh, 
they filmed all three movies back to back. They all came out within a year of each other, and like, you know, uh, they were riding on a legacy that was like, at the time, I don't know, almost fifty years old, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows? I mean, I, I'm sure there was probably just a lot of uh, interested parties in making a a quality documentary. Yeah, well, it worked out really well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well, yeah. So, the, yeah, my movies uh, all finished up. And, and Black Panther, I think I can still find it in theaters, but I don't want to go see it again in the theaters and pay money for it. Like, if I if it was on Blu-ray, absolutely, I'd buy it. But I just don't want to have to. You've seen it twice. Just once, done, just the one time. Uh, you probably already heard this, but it it uh, of course not adjusted to to uh, inflation, but it's surpassed. Titanic. I told, yeah, I told you it was gonna happen. I think last time. Right, and it did. That's such a. Uh, that's such a. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching something with um, was it Bob Iger? Yeah, is that his name? Yeah, uh, who's the head of Disney? Yep, CEO. Um, yeah, he was. There was just a short interview, and it was just randomly on my Facebook page, and uh, it was him talking about how. He really wanted this movie to happen because like he he felt like it was like Marvel's like this perfect place to be expanding, you know, diversity in films and like mm-hmm. um and and uh you know, he said there was a lot of people that um it was a very like hard movie to there was people that that didn't want to do it because they were worried about the overseas sales and they were worried about like um uh merchandise and stuff and how it was going to sell and all that. And he just basically said, well, I'm going to make it my mission now to make sh- it's like you guys don't, no one has a choice now. We're going to make this movie. Yep. And, uh, I don't know. Well, I thought that was pretty cool. Bob Iger's one hell of a CEO, man. Yeah. Look at, look at Disney under his leadership. Mm-hmm. Exploded. Um, but, uh, still didn't do pretty good in China though. That movie, you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Um, I definitely, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like a good conversation to really go into that, but there are reasons why it didn't do, do well. You know what movie did do well in China though? Uh-huh. It's Ready Player One. I'm sure it did. Um, yeah. Okay. So Ready Player One. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're about at that. We're, <laughs> we're. We're ripe for a Ready Player One conversation. Yeah, so, Mike, what do you think of Ready Player One, the movie? Well, hold on. Let me put on my Oasis goggles. Hold Ooh. on, guys. We're going to switch over to the Ready Player One review now. I'm going to go ahead and put on my visor. Mike, what's your Ready Player One avatar look like? Um, It, it looks like a toothpick <laughs> attached to a fucking... Uh... I don't, no, seriously, though. <laughs> seriously. What would your Ready Player One avatar look like? I don't have an immediate answer for that, but the one thing I can say is uh, there's there's one shot in this movie where they show Battletoads at the at the fr- on the front line. They show Battletoads running at the camera, and my first thought is I would want to be one of those Battletoads. Yeah, you could be a Battletoad. I, Microsoft was not shy in lending their IPs to uh, uh, is, this movie. Is Battletoads uh, Microsoft? It was Rare, which is now owned by Microsoft, so. Therefore, Battletoads oh, is Microsoft. Okay. And Microsoft keeps teasing Battletoads. It's like, hey guys, would you like a new Battletoads game? And they're like, they just like leave it. They like, they like push out <laughs> there. And then they're just like, 
It would be bad. It probably. Well, I not. I mean, unless someone, unless you had someone behind it that was just like fucking a visionary, you know what I mean? But it's like if we're just making a Battletoads game for the sake of it, or for the heck of it. Well, uh, I mean, Battletoads is a game that's like a you know, side-scrolling beat 'em up. That genre is dead, and even in 3D, that genre is dead. It's right. So simple, it's too right. Not worth the money unless you made like a twenty-dollar little game. Which, yeah. Hey, why not? You could do that too. If you actually just made a beat 'em up game, side scrolling beat 'em up. Or you could do a three D beat 'em up, just make it really good, twenty bucks. Hey, that's a good deal. Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, I would I'd try to I'd be like some sort of something with a lot of armor and a cape. Okay. So like uh uh Kirby's villain. Meta Knight? Uh, Meta Knight. I guess so. Maybe like but like human shaped. Uh somebody. Yeah, well not like a person, <laughs> you know. I'm It'd be a fucking original creation. Do not steal. Oh, I see. So it just okay. So you'd be your own thing. I would just be like something like either with medieval armor, or even like you know fancy future armor, and a cape. This guy have that cape. It's the armor and cape that really sells it. Okay, I'd want to be a dude. I would just want to be a dude. Like Parzival, he's just a dude, but he's kind of blue. Not he was kind of weird looking. I, I I just mean like honestly, I I would want to just be like your average Joe. And, and you have like normal clothes and stuff, so that way when you do something badass, everybody's like, "Dude, who the fuck is this guy?" Just your khakis and a polo shirt. <laughs> this guy looks like Ross from but Friends, you have but like he a, just like blew up the entire planet. You have like a giant fire sword, and you just look like you know, like the villain from some sort of '80s comedy. I'd be Ross from Friends. Oh my god! And I do the- <laughs> look like David Schwimmer. I do the I that would be the, the best. They should have just gotten regular actors oh, as cameos. Oh. God, do a quest, <laughs> and everywhere I go, I would be fucking mopey ass Ross from Friends. Would your vehicle be his uh, the giraffe character from Madagascar? <laughs> you just ride it around. It would just be a van that says, "Where is Rachel? I miss Rachel. Are we getting married? Are we not?" Season ten. Spoiler alert. Uh, Ross and Rachel get married. It'd be it would just be all covered because that character was obsessed with Rachel the entire span of that series, right? So then that would be like my sword would just have like Jennifer Aniston's face on the hilt. Oh god! It would just be uh, yeah. Everything be- I know about that character, like everyone I know <laughs> likes that show, and everyone I know about that character is like, yeah, Ross sucks. Oh yeah, he's a fucking piece of shit. Also, it's also great if you can look on YouTube, look up, uh, yeah, um, friends without laugh tracks, and just watch stuff with Ross. <laughs> he's just like a fucking psychopath. No, he really is. Yeah, um, but not to. I mean, David Schwimmer is a great actor. He's actually a really great guy. He's got this like he's like for years he's had this like program for like uh, women who were abused or something. Really, I didn't know that. I forget. He doesn't he doesn't talk about it because he doesn't need to because he's a cool guy. Yeah, he was uh, he was Robert Kardashian on uh, OJ. Oh yeah, uh, he was in Band of Brothers as a as a shitty uh, drill sergeant. Oh, all right, like a- he was in a uh, season four of Curb Your Enthusiasm, where he was doing a, a Broadway version of uh, the producers with Larry David. Mm. That he, guy. Yeah, he was in that giraffe in Madagascar. Now uh, he directed that movie with Simon Pegg, Run Fat Boy Run. Oh, I didn't realize he directed that yep wow that was look at all these hats he's wearing he's wearing so many hats it was a good like saturday afternoon movie it was fine simon um, peg simon peg ready, ready player, player one. one looks uh weird uh bad makeup and a weird accent yes now alex um i if i remember correctly 
I've read the book, and you've read some of it. I read a third of the book. I read up to the book. Spoiler alert. Uh, what, what, what the fuck? Spoiler alert. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, they blow up his house. Okay. Uh, Christopher Nolan Sorrento blows up his house or whatever, and um, then <laughs> he gets all sad, and that's the last. I I, I was like, uh huh, okay, cool, and I put the book down, and I just never picked it up again. Okay. Like I wasn't like fuck this book. I just like just never picked it up. So I guess it just wasn't great. So what's your impression of the movie? I well for the book I enjoyed it sort of like whimsical Willy Wonka sort of quest thing mm-hmm. and. But it was kind of like the character was really kind of dumb in that he's like, oh, man, Joust. It's a good thing I'm the best at Joust. Oh, man. Yeah. War Games reenactment. It's a good thing I know every fucking word of that movie. I right. couldn't. I couldn't. I've seen like movies, even Monty Python's in that book, right? That's like a, they do that again. Yeah. I see Monty Python like literally like 45 times and I cannot. If someone's like, okay, reenact the movie scene, like, you know, word for word, like, in the, I couldn't do it. Like, that's ridiculous. No, I, I completely agree with you. And, I mean, I, I think there's an argument. Because, okay, in the book, this kid is just the absolute biggest Gary Stew. Yeah. In any book I've ever read, this kid is, like, just swinging dicks, like, 100% but the my, entire he's, book. He's kind of fat. Huh? <laughs> in, the, in the beginning of the book, he's like, oh, I'm a little fat. Ooh. Right, yeah. Now, in the movie, I think they justified it a little bit more. They made him a little bit more of just a normal dude. Yeah. However, this is the... Pro- like, I, I'm i not a lover of the book. I, th- I, I think the book is in some ways problematic, and I feel like the movie is in some ways problematic. So I, I didn't necessarily hate either of them and i didn't love either of them i will say or right off the bat i will say that i thought this movie was quite enjoyable very 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 fun and breezy mm-hmm. um it's a good like throw it on just sort of relax kind of movie i uh-huh. wouldn't buy it no i would, wouldn't revisit it anytime soon but like it's like a hey let's go see a fun movie you ain't gonna find anything you know that fits that bill out, out now you know yeah. It's just so breezy and entertaining. It's that Steven Spielberg just knows how to construct just a fun goddamn movie. Right. And I'd say that's the strength of that's the strength of the movie is it's uh you, you never feel like it's lacking momentum. You know, it 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 it's a movie that feels like a movie. It's well constructed. Um with that said, I mean it's it the I guess when it comes down to personal taste, there's stuff I would pick apart as being like, well, Okay, so they changed the first challenge to a race, uh-huh. which is which is fine. Yeah. However, the solution to getting the key for the, for the race was a bit uh, dumb. Someone would have done that before. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have taken five years for someone to f- <laughs> for someone to figure that out. Yeah, but it works within the context of a movie. Um. Enough. They, of course, there's a lot of stuff they had to get rid of, which is which is a little bit tragic because I think in the book there was some really cool stuff that I think um, I was looking forward to seeing in the movie. I want, and it's definitely not the same story with that stuff out. Like, so there's a part after Parzival gets, I think, the second key, where him and uh, Artemis have a falling out, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't see her for six months, probably. Mm-hmm. And no one gets any keys for six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
we basically we end a chapter with him with her leaving and and him sad and then we we come into the next chapter where it's six months forward and then all of a sudden he he has all this money he's a badass he's living by like in the real world like he he's gotten to a point now where he has all these sponsorships he's got a bunch of money uh-huh. but he's just like a complete wreck because he's like fucking lonely and like you know what i mean um he just uh, he doesn't have anything to live for but he has all these riches and all this like the, the most expensive like vr equipment and all this you know what i mean and i was looking forward to that whereas the movie seems like it takes place in probably a span of a couple hey, Mike, of weeks hey mike sounds like you had a bunch of expectations some yeah <laughs> uh, I like so here's my big takeaways from the movie. Sure. Uh Pizza Hut drones. Pizza Hut drones. And that's about it. Pizza Hut drones. The first the beginning of the movie is a drone that delivers pizza. Oh like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Um no, I thought it was fun. I again, um well we could go by it. So again, I guess beat for beat. Um I like Parzival as a character or whatever the guy is, Wade. Oh, um, Wade like I like him. He's still he's kind of a nothing character, but at least I found him to be enjoyable. I thought the actor did a good job. He I, he had you know I didn't dislike him. I, sure, he, he was fun. I you know he was he was less of engaging. a Gary, less of a Gary Stu, which I yeah. appreciated. Although he still had a I don't know maybe because the movie is rushed, but he's still like, hey Artemis, I just met you, but I'm in love with you. Yeah. Every time he says the word love, the movie kind of grinds to a halt. Yeah. Which is like three times, but it's always like, nah, nah, skip it. Well, and that was another thing I think was both the book and the movie share is making, basically putting her up on this, like making her a reward for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he wins the contest, then he wins the girl. Like all this, like. Yeah, but it's not like she doesn't have any kind of agency, though. No. She has more agency in the movie than the book. I think. I like the actress that played her. She seemed good. Yeah. I like how all the actors are sort of... The casting was really good. All the actors seemed like kind of believably normal-looking people. I mean, like, I think it was the makeup and all that stuff. Like, they could make them look Hollywood hot if they needed to, but uh-huh. I thought it was fine. Um, I thought that the visual effects were pretty outstanding. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed. Uh, I will say the Shining sequence was one of the coolest fucking things I ever saw. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, definitely. Hands down. I was really excited when they actually went into that. Now, as you might know, The Shining is one of my favorite movies. And seeing it on the big screen again just uh, just tickles my fancy, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think... Um, because the book has a lot of homages to, I think, the, the author's own nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Where the movie, I think, has a lot of... Uh, homages to like Spielberg's own nostalgia. Yeah, that's and, definitely. Well, Spielberg and Kubrick were friends, right? And I think Spielberg sort of looked up to Kubrick, mm-hmm. if I if I yeah. am correct. And then also there's the Zemeckis cube, right? And oh yeah, that was funny. And I mean Robert Zemeckis and Spielberg had a um, a friendship. I think Spielberg used to produce Zemeckis's movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I I know that Back was Back to the Future. I think is a Back produ- Spielberg produced film. Back to the Future. Um, now Ty Sheridan. Uh-huh. Uh I feel bad for this kid. I've only seen him in two movies, and both those movies, <laughs> they're covering his eyes uh, a lot. They cover. They he has visors in both these movies, and I'm I'm curious if there's like an actual. 
like thing with that, or if it's just completely circum like uh, like I circumstance. Wonder. Do you, you think know? the casting agent saw the uh, the Cyclops photo and was like, "That's it"? <laughs> <laughs> because I, I mean, I, I won't make any bones about it. I mean, the dude has an interesting face. He kind of reminds me of um, what well, fucking Mister Fantastic, whatever that guy's name was. Mr. Fantastic. Whiplash. What's his name? Oh, uh, wait. Huh? The guy from Whiplash. Oh. Uh, shit. The guy, uh, the kid, right? They look the the same. Why am I forgetting that guy's name? Miles Teller. Miles Teller, yeah. They, they look similar, yeah. 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 Um. They could be brothers. They could be. And hey, maybe in a movie pretty soon they will be. Uh, Really? I don't know. They they should. I didn't. They should. Um, now, a couple things that were changed. Uh, okay, another thing that... Um, and this is all book nerd stuff. I apologize. Yeah, your uh, apology accepted. In the book, um, Dido, and I, his name in the book was Shoto. Yeah, I think it was Shoto in the movie. I thought it was just Sho. They call him Sho. I think his full name is Shoto. Okay. Um, in the book, in the Oasis, they're brothers. Uh-huh. But it's revealed later on. I don't know if you want me to tell you this. I'm not going to read the book. Okay. Um, if I didn't finish it then, I'm not going to finish it now. In the book, it's revealed that they're, in real life, they're not brothers. Oh, I see. And what it was was just sort of like, and they were grown up. They were grown ups. They were adults. Oh, and what happens is basically um, the Sixers catch up with Shoto, disconnect him from the game, and then throw him out a window, and he oh. dies. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then that's when it's revealed, like, oh, who these people really are, and all this stuff. Um, so that was a little bit of a, a thing. I was, uh, you know, I was hoping that that would be in the movie, but it wasn't. But whatever, it's fine. I, I think the spirit of the book and the and the 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 very like simplified plot points were in the movie. Yeah, I think so. And that's really all you can expect. I don't think the book's good enough to be like, oh man. This part of the book's not in the movie. I don't think it's not like no. a uh, you know Harry Potter where you have you can complain about that. Yeah, and I mean when Ready Player One first came out, it was a big fucking deal. And then I think there was a certain point where audiences sort of turned on it, and uh, because that's I hear a lot of complaints about it nowadays. Well, I think it's because I don't know. It's just like it's a pulp. It's a pulp book, right? And when things like that get popular, people have to. I think when things like that get popular, people start to over exaggerate how good they are, which leads to people over exaggerating how bad they are. That makes sense. Even though at the, at the beginning it was always just a pulp, fun book, right? Yeah. No, that that makes sense. Um, I really enjoyed um, what's his name, Academy Award winner, uh, Mark Rylance's portrayal as Garth. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, what? <laughs> as a he uh, as a fucking holiday man, he was like just oh. I, every time he was on screen, I'm like, oh, is that, yeah. it's like it's just like it's like hey, look, it's Garth. Is this fucking mouth breather? Yeah, no, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I, he he good actor, and I mean Spielberg's been using him in in a few of his movies. Yeah, Nolan and his uh, movies, he's he's exploding all over the place. Yeah, but he was also in BFG, and he was in he was the, the BFG of, Bridge of Spies. And he yeah. was the Bridge of Spies. Now, uh, I don't know if we want to, I don't know if I want to segue into this, or maybe I'll just talk about the next episode, but I did see BFG recently Hmm. after seeing Ready Player One, because I was like, well, let's see uh, Spielberg's last 
last uh, big big box or a big uh, blockbuster budget movie, mm. and it was that. Mm. But let's why don't we finish up with Ready Player yeah, One? We'll save it. Um, <clears throat> thing is, I mean, I don't know if there's anything left to say. Uh, um, ben Mendelsohn is fantastic as a, yeah. in everything always. Yeah, he was good. Uh, I thought he was very, very compelling, and like not compelling as a character. You know, he was just he commands the screen. Right. He's a great villain. Um, I also found it kind of iron- ironic, and uh, there, like how he tries to weasel his way into Wade's life through like fun references, and the movie's kind of also doing that to the audience. It's like a little ironic, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. <coughs> it's meta. But not really, because the movie plays it straight. But yeah. Also, who cares? Why is? What's the big deal about Tab Soda? It's like, oh man, I was playing some Dungeons and Dragons and drink a Tab Soda and play like Robotech or something. It's like, who? Could- Tab was big, I think, in the eighties. But ew. It was like a new thing. I think it was the eighties. I'm I, not sure, but why um, you just drink Coke? It's like the same price. Yeah, I think it was just one of those things where it's like, oh, if you're a 90s nostalgia kid, then you would know what... Um, Crystal Pepsi. Crystal Pepsi is, yeah. Or, <laughs> or Mountain Dew, uh, Pepsi Code Blue. That's another one. Right, yeah. Man, that was gone too quick. It's it's supposed to be like that, I think. But no, I agree. It's like, you know... Uh, T.J. Miller's not in the book, right? His character? No. Well, he is, but isn't. Like... It's basically this character that I think hangs around with H a little bit, but he's not a big deal. He, he's definitely not the muscle. Like he's he's not um. He's not a uh, what's his face is muscle a uh, Sorrento's muscle. Uh-huh. Uh, he's just some small character in the book that it doesn't. Yeah. Him referring to blowing up the world as a camper move got a good chuckle out of me. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it also brings up a, a, another point that I think is valid, like a, a valid criticism I heard was like, okay, why, why is this guy Iraq helping Sorrento? He's getting paid. I mean, I guess so, but he's he's acquired so much in this universe. I don't know. Why would he be invested in this company? Why why do like fucking rich ass hitmen do anything? Because they get paid. I suppose I don't know. I yeah I don't know I mean I, I guess it's I don't not, think it's, that's much of a criticism I think that's weak I mean it's it's definitely not something to be overthought but it it just it someone had pointed that out and I it made me think that's all it's like why like you know if uh fucking Scaramanga charges a million dollars to kill somebody and he's killed like a thousand people why is uh he still kill people it's like because he's a hitman it's what he does it's what he does yeah yeah. Uh, one thing I really liked, and I forget if this was in the book, but Sorrento's avatar looked exactly like Clark Kent, and I thought that was uh, I thought that was really cool. That was fun. I never thought I wanted to see a movie where Gun- a Gundam fights Mechagodzilla, and here we got here we are. Oh yeah, and Iron fun. Giant, Iron yeah. Giant fighting Mechagodzilla. Yeah, I thought that H, uh, the reveal that she's a girl. I feel like the book probably had a lot more significance. I didn't read yes. the book, but I feel like that's like a, in the movie. It's like I'm a girl, and no one's everyone's like okay. Like well, I don't even think she can think she says I'm a girl. I don't think like it's not mentioned at all, right? I feel and then I feel like the book probably makes it a whole like oh geez thing. And also her voice modulation was really bad. No, no, I agree. I I think um in the movie it was a it, it in the movie you could sort of tell 
You could have definitely tell. Yeah, uh, because not only that, but I think, um, like that character didn't. I don't know. I it. Yeah, I no. It's uh, yeah. You could tell. I will say then. Uh, I really enjoyed the whole movie, but the last ten minutes kind of fell flat. Oh, like when everything was saved and stuff. Well, for, I will say like so. From a filmmaking standpoint, I have umbrage with um, the way they decided to intercut, or at least actually not intercut because it's part of the script, but the way they decided to do the climax where the, everything's said and done and then Parzival opens the big door, right? And he's got to sign the, like, and he's like, oh man, I can't open the door, the car's sliding around. And then he does. And then, but that keeps going and then like, you know, Sorrento comes with his gun, he's going to kill him, but like they're trying, yeah. I feel like the mo- that tension is undercutting the kind of Willy Wonka kind of sentimentality you're trying to build with the scene where he's got the egg and he's like talking to what is pro- like not a ghost, but like a weird AI of, of uh, what's his face that they don't really explain at all, which I find like a weird thing to include at all, um, I guess. Uh, but like, it's like, they're like doing the sweet thing and then like, he's got a gun, he's going to shoot people. It's like, I'm, I I don't feel the tension because you're undercutting it with the sentimentality. I don't, see the sen- I don't feel the sentimentality because you're undercutting it with this tension. You know, I, I you know that it's funny that you say that because I actually did not mind. I, I didn't mind any of that. I didn't like that. I couldn't focus. Um, or I could, you know, I didn't feel. I didn't get the emotional yeah. impact of either of those things. And then, like, I guess I would have just liked yeah, a little more of a breather. And then it kind of ends, and everyone's just like, "We did it!" And everyone like, there's like a parade of like different like characters coming in to sign like sign this sign like, "Oh, here I'm." Bad makeup, Simon Pegg. It's like you know, it's just like a parade of like things being wrapped up in a very unsatisfying way. And then at the end, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, I ruled the internet, except that on Thursdays and Tuesdays. Oh, uh, yeah. let me let me fuck my girlfriend. Okay, bye. Well, that's <laughs> and that's the problem with the book too. Is there's no, there's no like, I with the book, I would have could have sworn it was going to end where. The oasis just get the the way the oasis just gets fucked over, like the Sixers win and they take over the oasis, and then people realize, oh wait, you know what, guys, let's just move on to the next thing, or oh, let's just go outside and and you know what I mean. But that's how the book that ends would be too. kind of funny. Be like Dig. Do you remember Dig? No, Dig. Uh, well, first of all, I would want to say that I got a huge kick out of the fact that the evil plan in the movie was to make everything to 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 peddle microtransactions to the uh, to the oasis. I thought that was really funny, especially because right. in the last like year or so, we've gotten a big pushback against greedy microtransaction practices in various video right, games. Yeah, and so that really tickled me. Um, but Dig was a website, which was essentially Reddit. Uh, do, you, do you know either of these websites? Well, I know Reddit, but like it's a it's a it was a news aggregator, so it'd just yeah. be news stories and pictures and fun shit. Right. And 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 th- random threads about whatever, and then Dig updated one day, updated and made it so companies could post things, and they their posts would like be at the top, at the top, and everyone's like, hey, guess what? Fuck this website. And in like two days, it was everyone was gone, right? And everyone went to Reddit, and that whole website just crumbled in like a day. It was amazing. Oh yeah, and that's the thing when you know that when. I, I think, especially with the internet, when something gets too corporate, people just there's always something else there that people can just. Not always though, because like what again, like we mentioned last week, like what what's going to replace Facebook at this point? Well, I don't know. That's true, but I would also argue that Facebook 
sort of straddles that line. I, like, I don't think Facebook is corporate. Like, it hasn't become corporate enough where you're sitting there going, like, man, this is just, like, so cumbersome that, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It kind of is, but not... I, I can imagine it being that. It depends. Yeah. It's kind of easy to ignore. Um, but... But, yeah. And that's... Uh, I don't know. Like, the movie and the book share the same kind of sort of disappointing ending where it's just like yay everybody got what they want everything works out the world's still fucked right and the world is still fucked yeah like what so whatever yeah but overall i'd give it a good a good go see it rating a recommendation see i i wouldn't you wouldn't say hey you want to go see a fun movie let's go see right player one i think you wouldn't tell your friends it's like hey hey mike I haven't seen a movie in a while. What's out? What should I see? Are you going to tell them to go see... Um... <laughs> Pacific Rim Pacific Uprising? Rim, yeah, no. what are you going to... Yeah. No. Um, I mean, I guess it's it's probably the best movie to see that's out right now. I guess it's assuming like Black Panther's not still out. I, I would. I, I think there are other better movies, but... Or uh, like, uh, I, I would say, oh, just go see A Quiet Place, even though I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I mean, like, I, there are other better movies out um, right now, but uh, we should get into them later. I, my, I don't know, man. And, and it's like, you would probably know this b- more than I would, but my impression walking away from that movie was like, okay, if you read the book, you're not going to love the movie. And if you haven't read the book, you're not going to quite... Love the movie? Well, you know, what I, I like mean? the movie, and I haven't read the book, really. Well, that's so. what I mean, is like you would know better than I would. So I think it's a fun time. It's just kind of like a fun nerd fun movie, I guess. Not, it's not as good as other yeah. fun nerd fun movies, but again, it's just breezy entertainment. What, what more could you ask for for a movie about this kind of sub- subject material? Yeah. Um, maybe I, I guess maybe I'm just not a fan of the subject material. I, I don't know. I remember hearing somebody... Like, some people are, like, I heard it like, an exchange where one person was complaining about how they changed everything in the book. It's not even the same thing. And I hate that. And someone's like, they changed everything in the book. It's not even the same thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So I guess it depends on how she liked the book, too. Right, yeah. I guess that's all I have to say, really, about it. I mean, uh, I, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, same. So. And also, that that theater, the Dolby-type theater, <laughs> uh, I always thought it was fucking shitty because I saw Looper there, and that was before they got the nice seats and the the uh, high dynamic range and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, man, got to pay extra to go to this stupid loud theater. Holy shit, that theater's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is an experience. And I should have gotten tickets to see the Avengers there. You know, uh, hey, dude. It's going to have to go see Han Solo. <laughs> Well, Alex, what do you think? Yes. Yes. I think we're just we're we're I think we're we've reached that that limit. I think we we're just out of time. Yep. And we'll leave all the the rest of the juicy stuff we have stocked up for the next episode. Next time on the Filmtastic Voyage, uh we should do like one of those next time and then <laughs> some sort of next time on the Filmtastic Voyage. No. Alex, how could you? <laughs> Put that needle down. <laughs> Are they dead? They're dead. We need to we need to move the body. How many are dead? <laughs> One million. No. Uh, it ate everyone. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll be back next. So week. tune in for that. If you wanna reach us in the meantime, we're at a few places, a few lovely places: filmtasticvoyage dot com, filmtasticvoyage at gmail dot com. Film Tested Voyage Facebook page is, is probably the, the best way to reach us if you just want a quick answer. 
Uh, yeah, why don't you tell us your favorite Jaeger names, what you thought of Ready Player One, what movies you want us to watch, we might watch them, you know, whatever, whatever. I, I want people's favorite Jaeger names. I, I really hope we get some responses on that. Hey, maybe we'll even read them, read them back. Um, hey, we're part of a bigger podcast network called the Let Me Listen Podcast Network. You can find all the Let Me Listen podcasts on their SoundCloud also on iTunes, leave some ratings, leave some comments. Hey, tell your friends about us. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Alex. Also, another good Jaeger <laughs> name would be like something like Hulu Iridium. Hulu Iridium? Just put two words together. That sounds like a premium package for Hulu. Oh, all right. Uh, like Hulu Hoop Iridium, I guess. <laughs> just it's a, a Hulu just, themed... Just one, one word and one other word, and that's all you need. Yeah. Anyways, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>